Matthew chapter 1. Excuse me. So we are in a in a sort of a little mini series, Christmas mini series. I feel like I feel so quiet now. That was like nice and hushed when the scripture was being read. That was really really cool. I like that. We're in a little mini series, and it's called the Coming King. And what? Um, You ever wonder, um, you ever wonder if, if Christ were living with us, and I mean, he's living, and his Holy Spirit's with us, but if he were living in our neighborhood, maybe in our city, what, if he, he would want to be our friend and hang out with us. If he would be, if we would be one of the people on this call list that he would want to call up and, and hang out with, um, the question we want to ask tonight is: What kind of Messiah or what kind of King um, is Jesus, and what kind of uh, King is he? In the first century, they were expecting uh, a king that was very dominant and conquering. You know. And what's interesting is that the kind of king that Christ reveals himself to be is very different than what they expect him to be. Um, he's not what you expect him to be, and he's not the kind of person you expect. And, and let me put it out this way. How many of you guys are really selective on who you spend time with? I'm, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, 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 maybe I'm just, just me, I'm, I'm sort of like very particular, not that I don't like anybody, but I'm particular on, you know, who my friends were, right, who are my friends are, uh, where I spend my time with, right, the people I hang out with, I'm really particular, um, partly maybe because I like certain kind of people, and partly because I don't want to be around certain kind of people because they're a bad influence on me, right? And there's certain kind of people that I kind of stay away from, right? And so I'm, I'm sort of that, um, I'm, I'm sort of real particular on that. And, and I've was, I was reading and I'm just reminded, of this, there's a saying that says, um, you can tell a lot about a person by the company they, they keep. You ever hear that saying before? You can tell a lot about a person by the company that you keep, right? Uh, it's revealing what kind of person you are by the people you hang out with. Uh, in fact, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, bad company corrupts good morals, right? And sort of the same idea. You know, the people that you're with have an influence on you, right? Um, and so... Wisely, a lot of you guys said yes, I'm particular on the kind of people I hang out with, or the places I go, maybe the movies I watch, you know, maybe there's certain programs 
there's certain programs I don't watch because I don't want to be exposed and I don't want to be influenced, right? Um, I'm particular on what's influencing me. I want to be guarded. I don't know about you guys. I want to be guarded. And what's, what's going to influence my thinking, my thought process, every, you know, what, I'm, what I'm thinking in my head? Um, and so I'm particular on that. Um, particular on the TV shows I watch, the music I listen to, because I realize that there's, because I'm easily influenced in a lot of ways. And maybe you're the same way too. My kids, I want my kids to have good friends, right? I want them to hang out with the good crowd. I want them to, to, um, to, to go to good schools and, and have Good, and I want them to read good books. Maybe you're the same way. You want your kids to read good books, right? Alyssa and Joshua, have you read the Bible today? <laughs> you know, I want them to watch good TV shows. Because I understand that there's a saying that says, you can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep, right? And I take that seriously, especially with our children. We're the same way, Right? We're very, and some of us are even more, right? <laughs> are really guarded in what our kids, where our kids can go. Because we care enough, we understand that there's influences that are in this world that are not really good. And we want to protect our children. Uh, we, are, we, we, um, we want to protect the, the influences of our kids. I think God's the same way. I think God is the same way. There's a scripture that, that actually the devil used against Jesus, but that Jesus responded. But the, the scripture is in Psalm 91, I think it is, verse 11. He will give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And the idea is that even God the Father was very selective on where Jesus would be. Really protective of watching over Jesus, right? Of the influences of, of Christ, What's interesting is, is if you think about it, what kind of Messiah, what kind of king that Jesus would be, in one sense we envision a king that would come and he would be with royalty, right? He would have special people around him. He would have the special suitors around him, special babysitters, let's say, you know? Because in one sense you're bad company corrupts good morals, you know, and you want good company around you, right? You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep. How many of you guys want your kids to, to grow up to be, or to, to, use, to, to have an influence on somebody else's life, or your kids to have the right influences in their life? Um, When you read about Christ, he doesn't, he doesn't do what you expect him to do. He doesn't hang out with the right crowd. Um, he's known to be a friend of wine, of drinkers and gluttoners and sinners and prostitutes, right? 
the, the Pharisees and the really religious people would say, you're known by the company you keep, Jesus, and <laughs> you're hanging in with the wrong crowd, right? So if you're, if you're known by the company you keep because the company you keep may influence you, right? What do we do with Jesus? Jesus keeps company with the wrong people. You look at Matthew chapter 1, where we were last week. Matthew chapter 1, he's in company with some pretty gnarly people. His whole family history is full of righteous people and very, very unrighteous people. Sinners and saints. Saints and sinners, right? In his birth, in his ancestry, he is surrounded by, he is with the wrong crowd. Christ is with the wrong crowd, right? He's with, I mean, he's with Abraham, he's with David, but he's also with Bathsheba. He's also with Rahab. He's also with Solomon. and He's with Tamar. He's with Rehoboam. He's with Jeconiah. Jeconiah was a cursed king. So here's Christ coming on the scene as the, as the coming king, standing with the wrong crowd. And no wonder the Pharisees and the scribes and all the, the, the people who really knew the Bible, right? They knew that they say, you're with the wrong crowd. You're keeping wrong company, right? He's with them with, in his ancestry and in his, in his birth, he's with the wrong crowds. Who's visiting Jesus on his birth? The shepherds. The shepherds were, the, were sort of the, the low class, the, the, the part of the society that you didn't want to be around with. They, they were the ones that you wanted to, like, oh, I don't know that guy. Could have been a shepherd that was your neighbor. You could have a shepherd that was working on your fields, and then when you're with the, the right people, you ignored him, right? So he's with the wrong crowd in, in, in his ancestry. He's with the wrong crowd in his, in his birth. If you look at Matthew chapter 3, it's interesting that he's also with the wrong crowd in his baptism. Because, as they say, you're known by the company you keep, right? So you're with the wrong crowd, you're with the wrong company here, Jesus. You're with the wrong. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sinless, takes his place with this. In fact, look at Matthew 3 real fast. I know I haven't even read the scriptures yet. Matthew 3. A few of the people that come to be baptized are even the Pharisees. And John the Baptist says, hey, you know, who are you to come? But Jesus comes and he says in verse 14, uh, uh, Jesus, verse 13 rather, says, arrived from Galilee, came to John to be baptized by him, but John tried to prevent him and he says, I need to be baptized by you and you, do you come to me? And Jesus said, Answering said, permitted at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he gets baptized. What does Christ do in his baptism? He stands with sinners. He's with the wrong crowd. He's with the wrong company. But he stands with them. He's with them in his ancestry. He's got the whole family tree around him that is, it's like that game. It's like, you know, this one's not like the other. Remember the, what's the... One of these things is not like the other. One of these things doesn't belong. <laughs> electric company. Was it electric company? Or? 
Sesame Street, whatever, yeah, one of those shows, you know, PBS, you know. Well, here you get a list of these names, which we'll go through a few of them in a few minutes here, and then here's Jesus sticking out like a throat. I'm like, wait, he doesn't belong there. Jesus, you're going to be influenced by these people. These bad company corrupts good morals, you know, and, and you can tell a lot about a person by the, by the company you keep, Jesus, right? And what are shepherds doing with, near the King of kings and the Lord of lords? What, is, what are these shepherds, these sinners, and these, what are they doing here? Where's the, where's the righteous people from Jerusalem coming? Where are they? And Jesus, what are you doing stepping in the Jordan with sinners to be baptized? What these, these are the sinful folk. Jesus, you haven't sinned. Stand over here. Stand over here. You're there. That's where they belong, and you're over here. He's not... Ultimately, Christ stands with sinners in his death as well. He's got a thief on this side, he's got a thief on this side. In fact, his identity with sinners, in one sense, was his downfall. How can this man be a... How could this man be a prophet? Don't you know what kind of person this is? This woman is a sinner. He can't be the, the king, Messiah. He's with the wrong crowd, right? You can tell a lot about a person by the company you keep, right? Why? Because sometimes the company you keep can have an influence on you, Right? So we look back and we say, Jesus, how is this possible? You're, you're with the wrong crowd there. You're with the wrong crowd here. You don't, you haven't, you're with the wrong crowd here. You're, you're, Lord, what is going on here? And yet we see Christ time and time again. Because what's the saying again? Bad company. Corrupts good morals, right? And what else? You're known by the company you keep. So Christ comes as this king, but he, doesn't, he does it all wrong, right? We don't expect him to do this. We accept him to be separate and, and out over there, right? And, and oh, don't come near me, right? But yet here Christ is, and he, he willingly comes into the family of David. And we read last week about David's family, right? And Abraham's family. It's a pretty messed up crowd, right? You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep, right? And so we say, little Johnny, don't go over with that crowd. Little, little Sally, don't go with this crowd, right? But you also can tell something else. Can tell something else. You not only can tell a, a, a lot about a person by the company they keep, you can tell about, a lot about a person who keeps you company in your time of need. You can tell a lot about the person who's the one there keeping you company, who's with you. You can tell a lot. It's that person, right? It's that person who says, I'll stand with you. Abraham was a man of faith. We Jesus Christ, the son, of, the son of what? Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. 
the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the Messiah. By the way, genealogy is the word Genesis, basically. It's a, it's a, it's a genealogy. It's Genesis, the Messiah, the son of David. The Messiah means anointed one. The son of David, the promise that David would have a son who would be king. And we read last week that, of course, in verses 6b through 11, they're not all that good. The son of David, the son of Abraham. We read about this last week. And each of these people have a they have something good about them. What what is Abraham known to be? What do we know about Abraham? He's a friend of God. What else? What's what's I mean he, and he starts the whole thing, right? Abraham. Abraham's the one that starts the whole thing, right? The whole thing starts with Abraham. It's God's promise to Abraham, and it's really special because now we're waiting, it was 2,000 years, 2,100 years from Abraham to the time of Jesus. So this thing about Abraham, what's special about Abraham? What's, the, what's he known to be as what? Father, Father of what? Faith. He's known for his what? His faith, right? He's known for his faith. Here's Abraham, the father of faith. But what else is he known as? <laughs> well, he... he he wasn't always, he was faith, he was a man of faith, but he had times of doubt. You know, Lord, you know. Um, David, what's he known as? Shepherd. Man after God's own heart, he's shepherd, king, Goliath killer. Goliath killer. Begins with an A. <laughs> you know, adulterer, murderer. So here's Jesus Christ associated himself with Abraham, David. Let me just look, let me just look at a couple names here. Judah. Um, Rahab. Who's Rahab? She's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. She, she lives in the walls of Jericho and she helps out the men. You know, Joshua. How's the song go? Joshua Dutt with the something with the walls of Jericho, Jericho. Come on, who knows the song? <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> How does it go? Joshua. Joshua. Yeah, I thought about Jericho, right? And we all, you know, well, Rahab, she helps him out, right? Rahab is a, is a Gentile woman who's included in the line of David or a line of, of, of the Messiah. Here's what you have. I'm not even saying my main point yet, guys. I'm trying to get to my main point. My main point. What's your main point? I should have said it a long time ago. You're not only known by the company you keep. You're, you're, I'm going to be the person. Christ is the person. He's the person that, that is that is the company that you want to keep with you. He's the one that stands with you when you're facing. It's one thing for bad company to corrupt good morals, and it's one person to be known by the company they keep, but it's another thing to be the person who's the company that you need in that time of need. Does that make sense? The question I have is, is what kind of Messiah is Jesus, and what kind of what kind of, of Messiah do we have? He's not the standoffish Messiah that says, you're over there and I'm over here. He's the Messiah that says, I'll stand with you. He's the one that says, when, you need, when, you, when, you, when you're really having a heart, 
have a hard time, who's the one that stands with you? Christ says, I'm the one who stands with you. I'm not ashamed to be associated with you. I don't care about your history. I'll stand with you. That's the, person, that's the Messiah, that's the king that Christ, Christ is, right? You're known by the, the company you keep, but also, I'm getting this all wrong, guys. I know I'm getting this wrong, wrong. What's that? You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep, but you can also tell a lot about a person who keeps you company. You can tell a lot about a person who keeps you company in your discouragement. That's Christ. See, the Pedro led the Scriptures in John chapter 8. The woman caught adultery. She's all by herself, ready to stand condemned, ready to have the stone stone at her. And who stood with her in that time? Jesus, Jesus Christ did. He's known to be a friend of sinners, the company he keeps, but he's also be the, the one who keeps you company in your time of need. That's the Messiah we serve. And whether it's, and whether it's in... in um, you know, it's in the most unlikely times that, that we, we, ex- we almost expect Christ to leave us in, okay, I've stepped over that line. You ever feel that way? You've, you've committed that one sin... Where Jesus says, all right, that's it. I've had enough. You ever wonder that? Like, Lord, you're still with me. You're, you're, Pedro, you've pushed my buttons long enough. That's it. I'm, I'm done with you. you ever? You know, Christ says, oh, here's my son, Pedro. I'm still working on him. I love him. Man, he's feeling discouraged. You know, I was having a discourage. I'll tell you, I was having a discouraging day this last week. I didn't tell anybody. And I was like, Lord, I just, I just feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. You guys ever feel like, like that? All the time. Because you feel like n- nothing's going anywhere, and you feel like... And, and I, honestly, I get discouraged about church because I want to see good things in church. You know, I want to see God doing big things and whatever, you know. And, and so you look and you see, you know, and, and Jesus Christ says... Don't worry about the people. Don't worry about any of this stuff. <clears throat> he spoke this to me. I was on my couch, you know, and I was feeling down. I was feeling, like, discouraged, dude. I was feeling, what am I doing? The Lord spoke to me. He says, John, just get to know my heart, is what he said, and I'll take care of the people. Okay, Lord. That was, it was like so subtle. Like when the Lord speaks to you, it's, it's there and it's gone before you know it. That's how subtle he speaks to you. So recognize that. When he speaks to you, it's very, very subtle. He says, get to know my heart. I'm reading a bunch of names in Matthew 1, right? I'm reading a phone book. Lord, what do I care about these names? These guys lived thousands of years ago, right? I can hardly pronounce half these names. I know they're important because they're in the Bible. They're related to you. No offense. They're in your family tree, right? But why do I care about these names? And Christ says, who did I stand with? Who did I associate myself with? Um, well, take Tamar. Here's a lady whose husband died and she, her dad, her father-in-law is Judah, 
And so by law, she was, able, she was supposed to be able to marry the brother, her brother-in-law. And guess what? Didn't happen. So she had to take matters in her own hands, and she has a child with her father-in-law. Kind of weird, right? <laughs> kind of strange, you know? But she had to do what she... She's in line here. And Judah wanted to put her to death until he found out who the dad really was. And he says, who's the daddy? I'm the, da- I'm, I'm the daddy? Okay, <laughs> you know? Here's Tamar in his line. And Christ is not ashamed to stand with her. See, sometimes we think, oh, if I can just be good enough, Lord, then I'll deserve your company. And Christ says, no. I love you where you're at, right? Um, you, you know there's, there's, there's four ladies mentioned here. There's, or there, there's, there's Rahab. She was a prostitute, Gentile. Um, Tamar, also a lady. I think she's Gentile. There's Ruth. Do you know who Ruth is? She's a Moabite. Her people are cursed. Her ancestor is Lot, and the old Lot, you know, daughter thing, right? Her people are cursed. So, so here's Ruth. Ruth is the great-grandmother of David. Think about that. Ruth, this, Ruth is, is on that journey. You know, she sticks with her mother-in-law and everything else, and, and, and Christ stands with her. I'm not ashamed of her. You know what's interesting is, is then there's Bathsheba. In fact, she's not even mentioned by name in Matthew 1. She's called the, the wife of Uriah. Uriah was a Hittite. Implication is she might have been also Hittite. She's not in the Jewish family tree, but God somehow shows grace to her as well. It's interesting that Matthew lays out these people because guess what? What about Jesus' mom? Jesus' mom, Mary, right? Now, if you're, if you're a Catholic, you know Mary's like next, she's really high up, and we respect Mary. But do you know that in Christ's lifetime, there was a reputation that went around that Jesus was the illegitimate son of Mary and a Roman soldier? Or nobody knew who his daddy really was? We know who our father is. is what they, they were jabbing him when they said that. She's a, probably a teenage, unwed m- woman, young lady with child. That's why Joseph was going to put her away, divorce her quietly, to not shame her. And the angel said, no, marry her, because that's the son of God in her, you know? But Jesus had to grow up with that, even that. Think about that. He's with the wrong crowd, but he's still, he's with his mother Mary. What's the point? Christ, what's the difference between the first statement, your, your, your bad morals, corrupt, good, uh, bad, what's it called again? Bad, bad company, corrupt, good morals, or the other one, you're known by the company you keep, right? You're known by the company you keep. And the other statement, but you can be the one that keeps company, right? What's the difference between the two? Because one, the one says, I don't want bad influence in my life, right? I don't want bad influence in my life. That's why I don't watch certain kind of movies and certain TV shows and I don't listen to certain music or I don't go to certain places. You know, I don't have certain kind of friends because I want to protect my own, my own sanity, right? And then my kids. I don't want my kids to have that, that. We are protected, right? What's the difference between that and this over here? What's the difference? Here's the difference. Jesus Christ is with these people. Now write this down. 
Jesus Christ is, is, is with a sinner for their benefit and not for their detriment. He is with the lady caught in adultery for her benefit, not for her detriment. She, he, is, he is with the, 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 the widow who's suffering loss for her benefit to raise her son up, not for her detriment. She, she, he, is, he, is, he is with the, um, the woman at the well who is so ashamed of herself that she has to sneak in, the, not sneak, but really go in the, the hottest part of the day to get water because she wants to avoid contact with the other ladies of the house because you know ladies talk. They didn't have FaceTime or Facebook or Twitter because if they did, it would have been all over the universe. But, but she's ashamed. And, she, and guess who Christ meets up at this right part of the day is with her and gives her a message of hope, right? He's with her for her benefit, not her detriment. Right? That's the difference. The difference between being influenced and being an influencer is this. Be with somebody for their benefit, not for their detriment. Be with them for their benefit, not for their detriment. If they're influencing you, it's because you're trying to get a benefit from them. You're hanging around them because maybe they make you feel good or, make, or they, you, 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 you get something out of that, but it's not benefiting you. You know, I was thinking about this, and, I, and I'm, again, I'm not, and I'm like, Lord, show me your heart, and, and show me how, how, how do I do this, Lord? How do I, you know, I want to be somebody that influences people, right? As a Christian, I want to be, I want to be Jesus to people. Without the beard, of course. I want, to be, I want to be Jesus to people, right? I want to bring benefit to them. I want to be a difference maker in their life, Right? I want to be the person that walks in the room and there's life, not because of me, because of Christ, because I want to give something to people, right? I don't want to be the one that sucks the life out of people. It's like, oh, I, can you, I need more, more, I don't have enough, right? I want to be the one that says, I'm going to bless you because I have something from the Lord to give to, give to you. So I'm driving, um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm driving with Alyssa. We're going to her, um, her, her uh, driving school. Right? Scary. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she's driving, right? And we're, she's in a good driving school. Um, it's a long process. It's worth it. And, and we go, it's, in, it's uh, off in Scottsdale, it's overpass, you know, so we're at the light, right? And there's a freeway over here, you know? And you know there's always somebody with the sign, Right? And usually I don't, I don't get a chance to say anything to these people because it's like, it's just not conducive for doing anything, you know, because it's usually the light turns green and just want to do something, you know, and, and it's really weird. You ever do, come on, you're standing there at the light and you've got your glasses on, you're trying, and come on, you're ignoring the person and you feel super guilty, right? And, they're, and you have your sunglasses on and they're looking directly in your eyes and you're looking like this and you're like, they can see you through my glasses, Right? I'm a Christian. I got Christian music on, right? You got Christian sermons on. You got Christian music. Oh, worship the Lord, you know, like. And the... He's looking at me, you know. So, so, so I'm with Alyssa, and, and this is not, this is just, I was trying to be, be to the Lord. The Lord says, roll down your window. And. I never want to judge people because everybody has a story, right? Everyone has a story. It's easy to say, well, just go get a job, you know? So I rolled in my window and said, hey, come here. 
He was a young guy, and the light was long enough, you know. Hey, man, what's your name? Chris. Hey, where are you, where are you from? Northern California. I said, what are you doing here? And then he started tearing up. He started crying. He says, I lo- uh, he says I, I, I've been here for 11 months. I lost my wife and kid in a car accident. They died. And I said, do you have a family? He says, he says I don't do this. I've never, I don't know. I'm so, I said, do you have a family? He goes, yeah, I have a big family back home. And he said, and he was holding back the tears. He goes, they think I'm in, in a school. It's like, I think it's like a motorcycle institute. They think I'm in this, but I'm too ashamed to call them up and tell them what I'm, what I'm going through. And I gave him, I gave him a little money. And I said, hey, dude, call your, call your family up, man. That was just something simple. I, but my, my whole approach was, how can I be a benefit to him? My first question is, hey, man, what's your name? Where are you from? Why are you here? And I pray that he takes that to heart, and, he, and I pray for him, pray for Chris. I pray that that, 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 I, that was Jesus to him in some way, that says, hey, call your family up. Your family would love to hear from you. I could have passed him by and just ignored him. You know? When you're hearing that, when you, when, when blind Bartimaeus hears that Jesus Christ is walking down the road, that's my, that's my, that's, that's the life changer in my life is Jesus Christ. You may be able, listen, Jesus Christ is the life changer in people's lives. He's the life changer in our life. And he challenges us. He says, listen, be there for somebody for their benefit, not their, their detriment. Be there for their benefit, not for their detriment. Encourage them. Give them a smile. Tell them I love them. Pray for them. Can you imagine? Okay, we're, now we're at church, right? Okay. Okay. I love you guys. I want to see more people coming in who we don't know, who we find and say, I got something for you. Silver and gold I don't have, but I do have, I give to you. Jesus Christ, right? I want to, can you imagine if we were that kind of church that finds people and says, hey, listen, I don't, I'm going to give you what I have, and what I have is, is Christ. And we can be the difference maker as a church in people's lives. Can you imagine what kind of church we would be? As I'm telling this guy, this, he's young, he's a young adult, he's got a beard, he's, 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 you could tell he's, he's, Lost his family. And then a new, you can tell the guy is being serious with you. He's not trying to be out there. That's what it's about, right? It's, that's what it's about. It's, about. it's about finding people who really need, who need to hear what we have. We have it, right? Most of us have enough Bible knowledge. We don't need more Bible knowledge. You know that? Come on. We have enough Bible knowledge. But there's people out there who don't know, who haven't heard. And I don't want to keep recycling among other... You know, come on, listen. A lot of, most of us have so much Bible knowledge, we can go to another country and, and, te- and teach and be the professor. No offense to the professor, you know. But we, no, most of us have... Come on, we have good Bible knowledge. We have, we, have no, we have more Scripture than most people in the rest of the world, right? And there's people in our city, in our communities, in our inn, where God brings us in, right? In front of us. 
the people we work with, the people who happen to cross our paths, that He happens to bring in our path, and we can be there for their benefit, right? Even if it's not, if you have nothing, give them, you give them Christ. You say, Jesus loves you, man. I have nothing, but Jesus loves you. I love you. I will be praying for you. Something, right? That's the difference. That's the kind of king we serve. That's the kind of Messiah we serve. Not the one who says, I'm over here and you're over there. I'm too good to spend time with you. No, but the one that says, the one that says, hey man, you're discouraged? All right, I'll be over right now. That's what, that's, that's, that's the kind of friend. That's the kind of friend we have in Christ. That's the kind of person he calls us to be. I want, I want to pour into you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to point you to Christ. And ultimately, our job is to point people to Christ and say, here's Jesus. In Matthew 1, verse 23, the scripture says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means what? God with us. Guys, let's, my challenge to all of us, me personally, get to know the heart of Christ and be with somebody and be the influence in their life. Be the difference you make in your life. Uh, Howard Hendricks was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. I actually got to meet him. Uh, C.L. Mitchell and I got to meet him in seminary one time. He was visiting. He was an old guy, right? And we were reading, ever read um, Living by the Book, right? He's a fantastic professor. So we're in, we're in this classroom, CL, and we're studying, right? We're, and the door opens, and Dr. Shea shows this old gentleman in the door. And he goes, this is, this is our theological, this is our one classroom, you know? And, and so he comes out, and, and CL and I look, and he's like, do you know what that was? Now, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a geek. I'm a Bible geek, right? You know? I, I, you know, I, when I go to these theological conventions, I'm like, there's Dr. So-and-so and Professor So-and-so, and, and we have all the textbooks, right? So we were like, so he runs, he gets his Bible. I'm too shy, right? He grabs his Bible, you know, and, and, he, and he runs, and he goes, Dr. Hendricks, can I get your, can you sign my, you know, can, can you sign my Bible? And Dr. Uh, Howard Hendricks, uh, there's two things I want to tell you. He said there's three people, you want to have three people in your life. You want to have a Paul in your life to mentor you and, incur- and, and exhort you. You want to have a, a, a Barnabas in your life to encourage you. Then you want to have a Timothy in your life that you can pour yourself into. You want to have a Paul, the one who mentors you, a Barnabas, the one who encourages you, and a Timothy, the one that you can pour into their life. <clears throat> When Dr. Hendricks was at Dallas and Dr. Shea was at Dallas, his challenge, I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly, the challenge that he prov- provided to the students, what, or, so told, or encouraged the students was this. If I ever see you in the future, I'm going to ask you one question. Where's your men? Who are your men that you're pouring yourself into? Who are the people you're, now you're pouring yourself into your kids. That's, that's a huge load right there, Okay. But besides that, I mean, you know, you know you, who are the people you're pouring yourself into? Who are you influencing? Because that, that's, that's what Christ calls us to be, right? So Jesus Christ comes as the, as the king who was with us, 
for our benefit, not for our detriment, right? He calls us to do the same. Be with somebody for their benefit, not for their detriment. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you did come to be with us, to change our lives, Lord, to, to bring us to God, to encourage us to... Lord, thank you that you're the kind of God that, that doesn't leave us. You don't forsake us. You, you're not surprised at what things we go through, Lord, but you're always there, Lord to listen to our prayers, to hear our cries, to just be there as a friend, to give us direction, Lord. And Father, we, I just thank you, Lord, that Christ is, is the God who is with us. Lord, my prayer, Lord, is that me individually, you would help me to grow in that, grow in my knowledge of Christ, and grow in me bringing Christ to people, and people to Christ. That I would be known as, as a person who brings benefit and brings people to Christ. My prayer, Lord, is that our, everyone here and, and our church, Lord, would, we would also follow, follow the same path, bringing people to Christ, showing people how, uh, how much Christ loves them, and that you would be ultimately glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.